Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. Welcome back to the Expert Ownership Podcast. Jason and I are here and we're so pumped because we're going to finish what we started from last week about the nine traits of a kingdom leader. Now we hit four last week. We're going to hit five today and these are crucial for you. You want me to do the the update on the four? You interrupted me, but yes, go ahead. Do the do the four. What are the first four? <laughs> I want to remind everybody. All right, four traits. Now we're pulling this from 1 Timothy 3, but the, the first four traits that Timothy, or excuse me, that Paul is telling Timothy to, if you want to build an organization, number one, you got to be above reproach. Number two, you got to be faithful in your marriage. Number three, you got to be temperate. And number four, you got to be self-controlled. So we're going to hit five today. Now, how did you do on those four this week? I think I did pretty decent. Yeah, it was know? good. It was good because, you know, I love that verse in Proverbs. Let's see, what was the reference? 25? Yeah, Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. And we don't want the enemy to come in. We don't want the enemy in our marriages. We don't want the enemy with our kids. We don't want the enemy anywhere around our homes and in our communities, and especially in our businesses as well. So we have got to have self-control. That was probably the best verse that I carried with me throughout the week making this happen. So, all right, Jason, what is trait number five? Okay, trait number five, and this comes straight out of First First Timothy three. Trait number five, and it's you probably could even guess. It starts with a D and rhymes with discipline. Discipline. That's the pri- <laughs> tripod of wealth. Jason and I wrote in Expert Ownership our book. By the way, if you don't have that, go to BenhamBrothers.com, click on to uh, our book, Expert Ownership, and we'll send it to you for free. You just pay shipping and handling, which is like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it's gajillion. Yeah, it's, it's not a racket at all. I promise. Just get off your wallet. Yeah, get the thing. <laughs> no, I'm only teasing. It's a tripod of wealth. Sh- shipping and handling. We we send it to you for free. It's amazing. But the tripod of wealth is discipline, diligence, and determination. Those are three very very important things. And if you really want to be successful, if you want to see your marriage go to the next level, if you want to be a leader that God can use, you have to have that number one trait in our tripod of wealth, discipline. And I love what uh, David and I just saw a Twitter post by Deion Sanders. Yes, Coach Prime. Coach Prime. And it was so great because he said, you know, discipline opens up opportunities. That's exactly right. And and uh, the way that David and I put it is discipline opens doors and it ultimately leads to delight. Like think about the person who is overweight, maybe out of shape, and then they decide, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. And they start exercising discipline. And discipline is doing what you don't want to accomplish what you do want. And so they start exercising discipline. And yeah, that's hard. It's hard for a long time. But on the other end of that, if they were overweight and out of shape, well, at the end of that, let's say six months later, now they can bend over and tie their shoe without having to hold their breath. Now they can walk around the block with their family and 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 it not just kill their joints. You know, now they can actually sleep without snoring. So all of these things, discipline leads to delight. But what discipline also does is it opens doors. That doors that are closed will open for you when you as a leader lead a disciplined 
life. You know, we've always said that it's more, that there's more is accomplished in the pain cave than the comfort zone. The The problem is that discipline puts you in the pain cave and that's really where you have to live. And, it, and it's not pain like unbearable pain. It's pain like that really healthy pressure that God gave Adam in the garden when he created him and he told him to cultivate the ground and get to work. That was even before sin came. That's the kind of pain I'm talking about. It's that kind of pressure. Now, of course, since sin, since sin entered the world, work becomes difficult. But the, the most important thing here is that we do not stay in the comfort zone in every area of our lives. We have to have discipline over our lives. And that is a quality, key quality that Paul teaches Timothy. That's what a good leader does. That's right. And that trifecta of wealth, discipline, diligence, determination. Okay, so discipline, that's key number five that Paul tells to Timothy. Now, key number six, hospitable. Now you're like, hospitable? Like, what is that all about? Well, a kingdom leader has to like people and is willing to share what he has with others. Mm. And I'm using the masculine because I'm a dude. But replace it with a feminine. She, she's, she likes people and she likes to share what she has with others. Hospitable people allow others to have access to themselves. Well, can I say something real quick? Let me interrupt yeah. because I look at First Timothy three and Titus one, and the, and actually, hospitality is a qualification of leadership in the church. Yeah. So if you're unable to be hospitable, but it directly ties into discipline. Some people do not have the discipline over their own home, so they can't bring people into their yeah. home. Right. Right. Whether it's a wreck. Or whether it's the way that they manage their children or the, or, or maybe even the way they manage their own finances. You can't be hospitable because you're broke. Or an untrained dog. Or an untrained dog, for like, heaven's sakes. Like Dude, my dog. Your dog. <laughs> I got out of the truck the other day and Rocky comes bounding down the driveway. And he jumped at me and I swear he almost took my ACL out. I would, you'd have to pay for that surgery. Hey, if, if you ever do one of our marriage mentorships, David and I both do those now, you will fall in love with Rocky. And I will promise that, that he might scare the life out of you when you first meet him. But after that, you'll not want to go home. You'll want to bring him with you. Okay. Hospitality. But that's Jason. hospitality. So the whole thing is that, that a hospitable person, a, a kingdom leader doesn't consider his thing his own thing. He considers his thing your thing. Right now, there are boundaries with that, obviously. But they allow other people to not just have access to themselves, but allow other people to have access to what they have. That's right. And that includes relationships. Like you'd be a hospitable person. You know, I, I love people. we got a really good buddy. His name is Gabe Lyons. He's the probably the best connector you'll ever meet. And when Gabe meets someone, you know, who, who's got a platform or whatever, he's constantly thinking of his other buddies who, who could, who would benefit from meeting this person. And he's like just this great connector. That's what hospitality looks like. It's, it's not your thing. It's our thing. And I want to help you as much as I can. And that's the trait of a kingdom leader. Well, also hospitality and like, you know, the meal trains and all those are good things that we do whenever yeah. someone at our church is sick or whatever. And my wife, so this is David speaking, my wife, Lori, in my opinion, is let the most hospitable person on the planet. And I'm sure many of you are also hospitable as well. But Lori is just so hospitable where she thinks literally on a consistent basis. I, I don't want to say every single day she's always thinking about other people, which she she does in terms of her family, but she's consistently every single week thinking of someone, whether she's baking something or doing a card or inviting one of the mothers from church to come over. She does walks around the neighborhood. Her and my daughters now, I just called her yesterday and she says, we're making 
chocolate chip cookies for the football team down the road. And I'm just like, it's just consistent hospitality because you're thinking of other people. And that is a crusher, killer, awesome, amazing. I say crusher, killer, awesome, amazing. It's all good. in the same. It's good. All right. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, you said crusher, killer. I'm like... Crusher, killer, sure. awesome, amazing. So I shouldn't have said it that way. All right, go to the next one. That's like Princess Bride. You keep using you keep using that word. I do not think you... I do not think it means what you think it means. Okay. Okay, so that's... So today, the, the traits we're talking about, we're going to talk about five of them that'll round out our nine total. We've got discipline. We've got hospitable. And then the 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 seventh trait is able to teach. If you want to be a kingdom leader then you got to be able to teach. And what do we mean by that? We're not telling you that you have to be a teacher. You don't have to go teach history or you have to teach physics or anything like that. No, no, no. But you have to be able to teach. What that means is you're able to divulge what you digest. That you are the kind of person that can learn something, that can apply it to your own life, and then you look for ways to where you can share that with other people. That's what makes you a teacher. A teacher does the mental heavy lifting for you to process more easily. Like... Tori, when our kids were small, they obviously, when our kids were really small, they couldn't eat hard food. They couldn't eat like solid food. So what did she do? Tori, who was one that's like, I'm not going to buy baby food. I'm going to buy real food food, and I'm going to puree it myself. So what Tori would do is she'd take real food and then she would put it through a little puree processor thing and then put it and it would end up getting into a form that the kids could actually digest. So you, the 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 kingdom leader is someone who takes difficult concepts, boils it down to something very simple, and then gives it to other people. That's what a teacher looks like. And and I think that I think what they say that the the uh, I forget if it's the leader. I mean, I'm going to botch this, but the the genius is the is the person who takes what is complex and makes it simple. and makes it simple. That's right. You know the. That's what we need to be doing. That's right. Well, that's what Jesus did. I mean, in good grief, he explained all the complexities of heaven and the kingdom of God by boiling it down to saying, it's a mustard seed. It's a pearl. It's, I mean, these are amazing things. Judge, excuse me, Second Timothy 2.24 says, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged. Able to teach there means skillful in teaching. Yeah. Well, where do you learn how to teach? Your kids. That's where it happens in the home. Mom, dad, this is where we teach. We take what God gives us, just like Jason's talking about Tori pureeing real food so that it can get into something their infants could have eaten. We take what God gives us in the Word of God, we puree it, we simplify it, and we touch the palate of our kids with it. That is so important. So there are three things Jason and I say kingdom leaders need to do right now. If we're going to be lights in today's dark world, it's three things. Demonstrate, define, and defend the kingdom. And it starts with demonstrate the kingdom. That's why we're talking about nine traits of a kingdom leader. This is how we demonstrate the kingdom. But it also means that we have to be able to define the kingdom. In other words, we can tell people what the problem is in the world and what the answer is. We have the solutions. And those solutions are directly tied to the demonstration of the kingdom in our own lives. That is what being able to teach really means. That's why... Paul puts it here under the power of the Holy Spirit and says, you must be able to teach. So make sure that you are getting into the word of God. Then you can puree it up, touch it, feed it to your children or your grandchildren, the people Mm -hmm. at your office. Be ready so that when your shoulder gets tapped and someone's hurting or shoulder gets tapped and someone needs something, you have the ability to teach them and give them the wisdom. I knew knew the quote I was thinking about. 
the professor takes what is simple and makes it complex, right? Because that's what you do in college. That's what you do in high school, where you take the things that are simple, like a leaf, and you t- look at all the complexities of it. But the the leader or the genius takes what is complex and makes it simple. That's right. And that's what we want to do. So that it's it's able to teach. So that's the the seventh trait. The so eight list list of, one more? list. No, no, no. List five, six, seven. Five, six, seven. Discipline. Disciplined, hospitable, able to teach. All right. Okay. That's Number good. Eight. Number eight, you have to manage your family well. Oh, boy. You have to manage your family well. Now, remember, trait two was you got to be faithful in your marriage. Trait, trait eight is you have to manage your family well, that your ability as a parent shows more about you than anything else. Now, what I'm not saying is that your kids have to be perfect. Okay. Because that that's just think about Billy Graham. I mean, Franklin Graham didn't get his life right for a long time. I mean, he was doing all sorts of crazy stuff, you know, at 18, 19, 20 years old. Franklin Graham, I mean, for crying out loud, Billy Graham was preaching crusades all over. And I remember a story of Franklin Graham coming in, playing the fool and acting the fool behind stage when his dad was preaching. And one of the one of the guys from Billy Graham Evangelistic Association had to deal with Franklin, had to actually push him up against the wall and said, you don't come in here like this. But then think about that. If you judged Billy Graham in that moment on the basis of what Franklin was doing, then you wouldn't have ever listened to Billy Graham. Yeah, that's right. It's it's so interesting because it says manage your family well. You know, we manage in business and those of us that are in companies and we've managed or we have managers working for us or we work in a company and we have a manager over us. Not everything is peachy yeah. keen. Not everything is great. And a good manager is able to manage the difficult times. It didn't say here that you have to be able to have a perfect family. He yeah. says, no, you have to manage your family well. And one of the best mindsets as you're managing your family is that everybody, all of my kids are on a different path of, they're they're at a different level of sanctification, right? Like, our kids early on are at a much more immature point of sanctification. And some other people there, you know, we can't just sit there and judge some parent because his kid's gone astray. They're trying to manage it. I am certain. Now, if a parent is abandoning or neglecting the management of the home, that's an issue. You cannot be a leader of a church if that's an issue, or you're not a really good leader in any area of society if that's an issue, but we have to be able to manage it well. We have to keep, which management means good communication. You got to keep the lines of communication open. There have to be consequences like good, healthy boundaries. And if the boundaries aren't met, there has to be a healthy consequence. You may be hanging out with parents who have a kid right now who's under discipline. And if their child is under discipline, like let's just say they're grounded for a couple of weeks and, you know, you don't judge that parent and say, oh man, your kid's rebellious. No, you say, wow, you're managing your family well because your kid's grounded, right? There, there are good consequences. So, so there's communication, there's consequences, and then there's connection. Like, you, you actually are connecting relationally with your family. You're connecting with your spouse and connecting with your kids. And you're drawing other connections, other people in your community and connecting with them as well. One of the worst things that you can do that will hinder your management of your family is to be isolated. When you get in the church and you get connected with the other people and other families, guess what happens? Some of those moms and dads are going to speak into the heart of your kids. Some of those other kids are going to speak to your And it is a huge help. Even in our own neighborhood, Jason and I, we have recruited friends. 
And we have some friends that just moved in to our neighborhood. And it has been such an amazing connection for my turning 17-year-old daughter. And it's just been awesome. But that's just all part of managing our family. we got to communicate. There have to be consequences. And we need to really build in connection. I remember hearing a guy one time, and he spoke in a church. And and his kids, girls and guys, I mean, they, they actually were perfect kids, you know, the kind that don't have strong wills. The, the kind that would easily, if you told the 16-year-old girl, I want you to wear a bonnet to school and a dress down to your ankles, she'd be like, yes, sir. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Well, my kids were never that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's because they're your kids. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> you're his, Jason. His kids acted like that, and which is fine. I mean, I have no problems, but I remember him speaking in the church and he said, hey, if your kids aren't well behaved, you have no business stepping up here and speaking. And I was like, "Oh my!" Well, gosh. we're raising a bunch of thoroughbreds, and yeah. we gotta we gotta put saddles gotta on understand. those bad boys. <laughs> but it's true what David said: is you just get the thing is, is that you just can't be controlled by your family. You can't be overwhelmed by the the fact that your kids are are misbehaving. You got to be in control of the situation. That if they're misbehaving, you're punished. Consequences, right? and like, connection. So yeah. somebody who owns a business that that's absolutely just taking over their time, and and they can't, they don't have good systems and processes in place. You would say he's not managing his business well. Okay, well, the same is true with with family. Junk's going to happen, but you've got to be on top of that. Don't let it overwhelm you. So that's that's the eighth trait of a kingdom leader is the type of person that manages their family well. And if it's a single person, are they managing their own life well? They got their stuff buttoned up. Go look at their car. What does the inside of their car look like? So that's number eight. Now, so do all, so do all eight. Look at, looking at, at trait number five is they're disciplined. Trait number six, they're hospitable. Trait number seven, they're able to teach. Trait number eight, they manage their family well. And trait number nine, they're worthy of respect. Ooh. Now, when I read this, I actually thought of my dad because my dad is a guy that I would say a lot of people have disagreed with. And David and I've watched them disagree with them. But there has yet to be a person who said that they didn't respect our dad who knew him. And well, why is that? Because I think there's that the, the, there's a principle in Scripture that just says it says when your ways are pleasing to the Lord, even, even your his enemies, enemies live at peace. Live at peace with you. It's a it's proverb. A, we're at peace. You know, America is at peace with with Russia right now. Now, of course, that might change with Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. But we're at peace with Russia, even though Russia is way different than we are. We're way different than they are. You know, they're communistic. We're capitalistic. At least, hopefully, we'll stay that way. But we'll see. But we're at peace. But we could very well be enemies really fast. But we have a healthy respect for each nation. And so the same is true when it comes to living a life pleasing to the Lord and being a kingdom leader. Even your enemies will be at peace with you, which means your enemies can hate you. They might malign you. They might talk bad about you. But ultimately, one day, especially at death, they'll say nothing but respectful things about you. Because you were who you said you were. Yeah. You know, quite often we want to be respected most, especially in America today and influencers in America. We want to be respected most by those who know us least. Yeah. And we're respected least by those who know us most. Mm. We got to flip that around. Yeah. We need to be respected most by those who know us best. Right? Yeah. And it's okay if you're respected least by those who know you least. That's fine. I don't care if those people on social media that want to just say you're a hater and a bigot and a yeah. whatever, a phobe. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. I don't care what you say. You don't know me. Right? And so I, I, th- I think about in Scripture, in First Thessalonians, the Lord teaches us a way to win respect. And it says in First Thessalonians 4, 11, and 12, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Mind your own business, work with your hands, 
just as we taught you, so that you will win the respect of outsiders and none of you will be dependent on anyone. That is so important. It's the work. That's why we're talking about leadership, marketplace, Christianity, the way we work. That is so vitally important, and it will win the respect. Not only does it win respect, you're not dependent on anyone. Everybody, yeah. People will instinctively respect you when you're not dependent on anyone. And when you actually, not only are you not a burden to anyone, you're not beholden to anyone, guess what you can do? You can be a blessing to yeah. everyone. Yeah. That right there wins the respect no matter what people say. So it's that person who's worthy of respect. That's the ninth trait. So that's that's our nine traits right there. Let me go back through these real quick. We've got the very first trait of a kingdom leader. They're above reproach. Number two, faithful in marriage. Number three, temperate. Okay, they're even keeled. Number four, self-controlled. Number five, disciplined. Number six, hospitable. Okay, you're having other people over. What's yours isn't just yours, it's ours. Number seven, able to teach. You're able to divulge what you digest. Number nine, eight, manage your family well. Good managers. And number nine, worthy of respect. Those are nine traits of what a kingdom leader should be. And next week on our podcast, we're going to talk about the five traits that a kingdom leader is not. Okay. That's going to be amazing. But in the meantime, own it or loan it. Essential oils. Oh, own that sucker. You got You do them in your house? Yeah. Tori does it. Tori does it all the time. And you know what she does? Sometimes if I have a headache, she'll grab lavender, put it on her hands, and she'll rub the back of my neck with it. Oh my gosh. You know, Lori, we do essential oils. So I own it as well. Lori does it at our house and she actually, like if the kids have a cough or something. Oh yeah. She'll, she'll go while they're, you know, laying in bed and she'll rip up the bottom of their covers and pull their sock off. Or if they don't have socks on and start rubbing some (laughs) crazy, I call it her witch's brew, her essential oils on the bottom of their feet. Moms are crazy. Like you and I would never think about doing that. Yeah. But here is a hack. But I think it's good. Here's a hack. Okay. This is for you and this is free for all of you. If you've had sickness in your house or whatever, here's two things that you can do. The first thing, find your air conditioning vent or your return. return. Okay. Plug in the essential oils and put it right next to your return. And the return will pull the essential oils through your whole house. I like that. If you don't have essential oils, open up the return, pull back the the filter and spray a whole can of Lysol. Yeah. It's got to be like clean linen smell. Oh, it's awesome. And it'll go through your whole house. That's actually a pretty good hack. Okay. (laughs) Well, hey, always choose impact over income, but if you can get both, go get it. Go out, share this with your friends, subscribe, rate, review, the whole nine yards. We're so thankful for CHM. They are just so awesome. ExpertOwnership.com slash CHM. That's Christian Healthcare Ministries. They're the sponsor of our podcast, and they have helped so many families, hundreds of thousands of families make good medical decisions and cut our costs in half. Go visit those guys. All right, we'll see you next week. Can't wait to talk about the third part of this story. So we did the nine quality characteristics of a kingdom leader. We're going to talk about the five things that the leaders are not supposed to do, which, well, I don't even know how to end that. Okay, let's just end it. I'll see you next week. All right.